honesty hour, I did not know what I was doing in regards to launching this podcast. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without Anchor. Anchor makes starting a podcast super, super easy and allows you to not only use their platform to distribute the podcast, but you can even go on your phone or computer and record and edit the podcast right on their platform. Best of all, it's totally, totally free. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. What's going on, guys? So thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Urban Misfit Show. Just a quick update from us. Our team has officially doubled in size, which is pretty incredible. And we just wanted to thank you guys so much for all of the reviews, for the messages, for the support, because this this year has just been awesome for us. So this week, we have Shay Robottom, who is one of the founders of Marvel Media. And they're just, they make videos go viral, and they're incredible. And they've worked with some huge, huge clients. We'll talk more about her future in this episode and really how to build influ- influence and how she She's been able to do that. But again, just wanted to thank you guys so much for all the support. But check out this episode. I'm, I'm super excited to hear her story and dive into how she's been able to build influence. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into the Urban Misfit Show. I'm super excited about this week's guest. I've got Shay Robottom with me. How are you doing? Appreciate you coming me. on, dude. Yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> so you've done an incredible job. Um, just building influence and building a brand. Before we dive into that, I'd love like just tell everybody like what your company does, what you do, and how you've been able to do that. Yeah, sure. So I am the COO and co-founder of Margle Media, which is a social media marketing company. What does that really mean in 2018? That's kind of like a dime a dozen. Like, oh, we do social media marketing. Um, so. I would say the thing that sets us apart the most from the other companies out there is that we have a knack for viral video. We specialize in curating, licensing, editing, and distributing um, different viral videos. So trending stories on the web, a lot of pet videos, um, cat videos, stuff like that. Like Chances are, if you're on Facebook, you have seen and engaged with some of our content every day. Yes, totally. So that was really how we got our start, but it did naturally progress into more like okay, now we can do product marketing. We just learned that we had this uh, great ability to gain views. You know, why not get companies to pay us to get views on their products? So we really evolved to uh, be more of a marketing firm, an agency providing, you know, social media marketing strategies using video as a tool for product companies or companies that have a, a different service they're trying to get off the ground. Um, and it all started a couple of years ago. The founder, Luke, and I started in our bedroom. It's been quite a crazy road since then. So, um, yeah, that was that. Was that the question? No, <laughs> you answer? answered yeah, it. You okay, answered okay, it. Okay, okay. That's crazy though, because you are like you're super young, which is mm. awesome, and your company is. I'm super, older than you, Q. You're, you're you older than me. Okay. I put you typically, on typically, <laughs> everybody that I interview is older than me. Though for now, that's true. That's for now, true. Okay, you're too right. old. Or like you're. You're like you're you, the youngest in the room until right. you're the oldest in the room, right? But yeah, you're used to being the youngest yeah. in the room. You know, like how will that change when like. 20 years from now, you'll be like, oh, be I so remember. Weird. Like, so, so weird. <laughs> That'll be an ego thing for you, Q. You gotta... You gotta. Don't, don't call me out like that. Not on the podcast. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but yeah, super young and you've had quite a lot of success. Can you walk me through like what was going on through your mind as you're building this company for the first time? Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I think it's probably not the answer that most people would give you when building a company. Um, I think a lot of the things people feel like optimism and excitement and energy, like 
I think I had those things, but I really think I was more like driven by fear. Like I was just very afraid of where my life was going and particularly with music because I was in the, you know, local entertainment business and not doing well, not making ends meet with that, not progressing as quick as I would have liked to. And um, it, it was like fear that drove me to like dive into building a business so rapidly. Like as soon as I learned that kids were making money online through content marketing and video, I was like, wait a minute, wait, like I, you know what? I've actually like wasted time doing this music thing. I'm just going to like jump on this hardcore. And I was afraid because it was like, okay, I'm quitting my job. I'm quitting music. I'm going to go all in. But also I'm learning a trade that I know nothing about. Like I knew nothing about video editing. I'm not really a techie girl. I didn't grow up with computers or anything like that. So like it was terrifying. Like what was going through my head was like, this is terrifying. This is uncomfortable. This is risky and scary and weird. And what if I just like end up homeless and have to get a waitressing job again? Ah, Like all the crazy, crazy paranoia. But um, I did have faith and I did have like an underlying belief that like, no, this is good. And like what you're building is important and God will make it all work out for you. So what was that time frame from you? Like not knowing what you were doing. I mean, you said you, you didn't know what you were doing. You just jumped and started a company. Was that like right away? Like you just, yeah, really? Yeah. I, I would say there was a little bit of a time frame, which actually worked out in my favor. So I, I remember, so Luke and I started this like early 2016 And I remember quitting my job December of 2015. I went in, I had been like, you know, I was working as a waitress to help subsidize the music career. And I remember going in to quit and Luke was like so supportive. He was like, you always complain about your boss. Like he treats you like shit, just quit. I know you'll like feel broke for a while, but like I have editing work for you and like you'll learn, you'll be fine. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. And it was funny because I actually, when I quit, he offered me part-time, which like this restaurant is like notorious for not letting anyone work part-time. Like you can work there for 10 years, pay your dues. And they're like, no, we don't, you, you know, everyone's got to work lunch. Everyone's got to do their cycle shifts, you know? And it's like, so he offered me part-time. He was like, what if you just worked like two nights a week, Saturday? It's like, sure. So I actually had the luxury of working two nights a week at this restaurant, which you like make a couple hundred bucks a night, which like mm-hmm. sustained me a little bit, you know? and helping Luke start the video business. So it wasn't until June of 2016, where now Luke and I's like thing was really taken off. Then I quit, quit. And I was like, okay, I'm done. And throughout all those months, I was learning editing, but I would actually say that summer I quit, like from June to September, October, like I was a hermit. I was just in my room 12 hours a day editing, learning business, trying not to get distracted by all the things that are tempting and fun when you're 23. And like, just like, no, this is where your focus needs to be right now. It sucks right now, but it'll pay off later. And, um, yeah, it was still, it was still really scary. I was, um, not making as much money as I was as a waitress. And that was kind of uncomfortable at first, but I learned something that no one can take away from me now. And I learned business, which will, you know, help shape the rest of my career. So Yeah, and you learned it by doing. I love I love like talking to you now because I relate to it because mm-hmm. being you said 23, I was I think 22, 23 when mm-hmm. I started my first company. Can you w- talk to me a little bit like what is it like um going from being that solopreneur or having a partner to okay, now I've got 30 employees working mm-hmm. under me. Mm-hmm. Like that that shift mentally and just like what that feels like, because it's something I'm going through now and it's like, damn, like I am, 
they're, I'm responsible for them, yeah. right? It's like, it's yeah. a family. So can you talk a little bit about that? Oh gosh, that's a great question. Like I, I always say, I always use the phrase, like at a certain point, it becomes bigger than you, you know, like, like, um, I think when it was just Luke and I, it was very easy to pivot. It was very easy to make decisions, selfish decisions, you know, like for example, if one of our employees, um, had, you know, like a big error, but it was just Luke and I, it was like, we could make the decision to be like, should we give them another chance? Like, yeah, let's just do it. Let's have a talk with them. Let's fix it. Moving forward. We're good. When you have 30 other people also depending on that employee to pull their weight, it's, a, you know what I, you know what I'm saying? It's almost like better in some cases, cause it shifts your perspective to be like, Whoa, this isn't just about like this employee that could potentially, um, not support Luke and I anymore. It's about supporting all of us and the whole family and having to make decisions for like the greater company. And not only that, but you know, I have other partners now, you know, we partnered with Shane, we have an investor company that owns stock. So like there's so many heads at the table. You also have to adjust to not always getting your way. Um, not that I got my way with Luke anyways, but you, you know what I'm saying? Like you don't, uh, there's less, there's less control and that can be hard for some people. I think especially co-owners, you know, you, you know, coexisting and like all trying to simultaneously do what's right for the company, but different personalities like intermixed. Um, I don't think that everyone has the capacity to handle that. Yeah. And I also think not, not speaking negatively, negatively on it. Cause I'm sure I'll do it again in my lifetime. And I learned a lot, but like, I, I will kind of take that with me when I start my next company again. And it's kind of back to square one. You will appreciate it just being you again in like a light that you couldn't before. Cause you didn't have the other perspective, Yeah, which is kind of cool. No, I like that a lot. And that's interesting. So you said start my next company. So you are exiting Margle. Yeah. So, um, this will probably be my last month at Margle. Um, we're working on an exit plan right now, but, uh, as you know, I've got my, personal brand taking off on LinkedIn and all these other exciting things I'm involved in. So, um, yeah, we just decided it's time. So it's, it's pretty crazy. Cause like you always like know it's going to happen eventually, but then when it's like really happening, you're like, Oh wow, this is like, this is like my baby. This is like my first company. This is what I started, but it's time for me to move on. And it's, it's scaled up and it's in really good hands. So. Oh, it's awesome. Thank you. You are doing an awesome job. Like your LinkedIn, your videos are fucking popping. Like you've got your own community. Can you talk a little bit about like how you've been able to build that and like what went into that and how somebody can replicate? Yeah. Yeah. So thanks. Thanks Q. Um, so uh, I, I will, um, shamelessly plug my video course I have coming out because I do have nice. a course coming out that explains all of like what you just asked. Um, so you can go to www.linkedinvideomastery.com to pre-order that. But, um, it's, it's really, uh, a gift that I was able to learn internet marketing and I was able to learn viral video because it taught me so much, about what I could do with my personal brand. So for example, back in the day when I was just doing music and trying to build a following without any background in marketing and internet videos and stuff like that, I, it wasn't that I wasn't entertaining. It wasn't that I wasn't good in front of the camera. It wasn't that I wasn't confident. I think I was still all those things back then. I just didn't understand marketing and I just didn't actually understand what's valuable online and what gets people's attention online. So after working in viral video for two years, coming back to like, you know, I kind of want to be in the spotlight again. I kind of want to grow my own thing. Um, I was really able to like fuse the two. And I think, um, being real has helped a lot, you know, just like, not being afraid to talk about topics that 
could maybe look, make me look weak in the eyes of some people or, um, even turn off like potential followers. Like, you know, I had a comment the other day where a guy was like, why would you post about this? This is so like niche. And you could have just made the post this way and like attracted a broader audience. But now you're like kind of pigeonholing yourself. And I was like, damn, like that's, that's so true. Like, um, I think people don't realize, at least what I'm realizing is there is a huge niche for like people that just want realness. And everyone's like, oh, don't, you know, don't, don't be too risky like that. Cause you'll attract less people. But it's like, well, maybe there's a market for this. I think there's a whole bunch of people that actually do like my content, but we're just all seeing like thinking in our heads, like, oh, that's rare. You know, there's not a lot of people out there doing that. Therefore, there's not a lot of people that want to follow that. That's not true. Someone just had to start, you know, not like I'm the only real person out there, but you know what I'm saying? I, I do think I bring, um, I I'm refreshing to some people because I say the things that, they think and they won't say, or I say the things that they actually want to say, but they can't because they're held down by a job and they're restricted whereas I am not. And I love that. Mm-hmm. One of the, I remember like a year and like some months and change or whatever ago, I met Josh Fetcher, who I think you're familiar with. He's, if not, like he's just crushing or was is, crushing is at LinkedIn. No, he's based oh. out of LA, but okay. um, he oh, like, he basically him, yeah. like turn LinkedIn into what it is now, like the broetry stuff, like the way that people no write way. it. That's he's, awesome. he's the person that did that. Oh, see, that's um, so cool. He's really dope. The originator of like exactly. trends start. It's like so where awesome. The, yeah, that's really And cool. I, I think people were kind of doing something similar, but he started telling stories and all these things. Mm-hmm. I met him in Milwaukee because he came to speak and I'm like, dude, like I love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I love like how you've been able to innovate in this space. First thing he told me was unfollow me. He said, it's, it's our job, like as marketers, as creators, as storytellers, as innovators to like like treat everything like it's black and white television Mm. and let's create color TV. So just unfollow me and go do you. And I was mad at first, but I unfollowed him. And the next video I posted, which was basically the first video I posted because it just came out 30,000 views. And Uh all of a sudden, like I was just telling stories and I was being real and I tuned out everybody else and I was able to stand out. So I 1000% resonate with that because there is a lack of authenticity. People talk about it. People Mm -hmm. say, yeah, let's be authentic. Let's be real. But not a lot of people are. So I commend you for that because you're a fucking beast, dude. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny too like you know I had a guy um I'm gonna, so I'm going to bring up the gender thing now because um I had a guy message me uh he liked one of my videos you know he was saying like oh that was inspiring but just so you know like I only I I only followed you at first cuz I thought you were hot and he, no he but like he wasn't like being rude he yeah. was just like very blatant like I'll be honest like I fo- I clicked follow because of like the way you looked only to find out like, dude, your content's dope. And I'm like inspired by you every day. And thank you so much. Could I have like been mad about it? Sure. But it, it really like it, it I, I took a step back because, you know, I think that being a woman in business, you do get caught up in like only focusing on the disadvantages, but there are advantages. Yeah. And we sometimes as women don't want to be real about that. But, you know, when people say like, oh, well, like you'll get more views quicker because like the way you look, it's kind of like, well, don't like discredit like my ability to produce valuable content. But no, it is like there is there is realistically a percentage of people who are clicking on my videos, who are choosing to follow me, even if it's just initially because I'm a woman and because I'm like, I don't know, because I'm hot. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's disadvantages and advantages. To exactly. Yeah. So like I, part of me like wonders if it'd be a cool experiment. Like if I could literally duplicate myself as a male, post all the same videos, all the same messaging, all the same, you know, attitude, the confidence, 
but like was just like an average looking 26 year old dude like would there be a, a marginal difference would we actually see like oh this person grew faster because she she was a hot girl i don't know depends what you're measuring i know like followers likes views it depends it depends because there's right. definitely disadvantages and advantages if i was a white girl or a white man like i would probably have like different numbers but then again i don't know right. being black like i don't look like everybody else right like right. being like yeah, there's advantages and disadvantages to everything, but that's that's interesting. Yeah, no, that's a, that's especially true. Like being black on the LinkedIn platform too. It's not a lot. Like, yeah, no. that's like almost what I wonder. Like, do you ever feel like? Well, that was like literally when I jumped on. There was probably like ten consistent creators. Like nobody was doing anything. Like I was literally the only black person. Right. And still now, I'm probably could count them on like right. two hands. Like right. And then not only are you a minority, but you almost dress like you're not a professional. Yeah. Which I feel Misfit. like right. Yep. Like it's like it's really unique to the platform, and that's cool. Like I never even considered that. Like wow, Q's actually got a really niche thing going on in regards to that. And that it was on purpose and I had to, like, yeah. I, I knew people would be like, damn, like, why would I follow this person? So I had to, I had to be different mm-hmm. and I was different. Do you ever talk about race on LinkedIn? I have people? talked about it like once. I think there was a time like, oh, um, <laughs> good or bad, good I or mean, bad outcome. <laughs> it was good. And I mean, yeah, I, I remember I was being interviewed by like um, like key players in Milwaukee and they're like, Hey, like we want to bridge the racial um, divide kind of thing and, or socioeconomic divide. Yeah, um, yeah. They brought me in and I pitched like this idea of having like um, basketball courts in a tournament mm-hmm. along mm-hmm. the lakefront. Everybody loved it. But then they brought me to the people that can make this happen. And they essentially said that we don't want black people along the lakefront or we don't mm-hmm. want black people in that area. And I don't remember why I brought that up in a video. Yeah. I don't remember why I brought up a lot of things in videos crazy? I created, yeah. but um I think that's the only time I've ever legit right. talked about race. I'd rather just be it and do it. Yeah. But that, that's just Do you ever like, and I'm like pure, like I'm total white person. So I'm purely <laughs> asking out of like, no, I'm just genuinely curious. Yeah. Like, do you ever feel like, um, pressure from the black community to talk about the issues yeah. more than you do? Yeah. And then you like feel guilty. Cause you're like, I'm not focusing on like, I don't feel guilty. I don't just because of the person that I am. I I honestly don't give a shit about a lot of things that people tell me I should do or how I should do things. But all the time, Hey Q, you're not talking about this enough. Mm. Hey, this isn't, but like people have not taken the time to get to know me. I'm also Mm. Puerto Rican. Yes, I am black. Yes, I like like it. That to me, like, Mm -hmm. yes, it's a thing. Yes, I feel the pressure. Yes, I see the disadvantages, but I also have a lot of advantages. Mm -hmm. I would not be in the position I am if I was a white Mm -hmm. male, if I was Mm -hmm. in New York City, if I had all these different things. So, like, to me, like, it's there, but focusing on it is irrelevant. Mm -hmm. I'd rather just do it and prove that it doesn't matter where you come from or what you look like. But that's me. No, that's that's beautiful. That's beautiful. (laughs) But going on that, like... I, I always like misfit, right? Like it's part of my company that we're building now. Right. Um, that's how I branded myself. Mm-hmm. I I think my TEDx talk is going to be titled Perks of Being a Misfit. I'm yeah, not sure yeah, yet. Yeah, you told but, me that. That's but you dope. made a video. Uh-huh. Um, I think it was Benefits of Being an Outcast. Yes. And yeah. you outlined them. And mm-hmm. then like people loved it. But could you talk about one, like those benefits of being an outfit, benefits of being a outcast or misfit. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, how you are one, like yeah. what makes you a sure. Mystery. Yeah. Like, so I can, I feel like I can almost answer those questions simultaneously because like, I've always been very outspoken. Like ever since I was a little girl, I just 
not not so much like was, I have four sisters. It's like one of these things is not like the others. Like you know, like I was just very very outspoken. I had different ideas with what I wanted to do with my life. Um, and uh, I think I learned rejection very early on, which is a very ironic thing. You can even hear it in my voice as it's coming out. Like I'm very sensitive to rejection. I'm a very um, outgoing person. I think a lot of times like extroversion is correlated with like emotions and being really sensitive to what people think, you know, you're introverted. You're a little more like of a shell. You're like, whatever. I don't care what people think. So I learned rejection really young and it, it taught me to just be very comfortable with going against the grain because I was so used to this feeling already. Like I, I felt like even just trying to fit in, I was like still rejected. So it's like, well, if I'm going to feel this way anyways, why not just do what I want? I'm going to be rejected anyways. And then the benefit is you learn a, what you're really capable of because that herd of people you were with before, you don't even realize how much they hold you back because they're saying things like, I need college. I need X, Y, Z before this. And then you sort of, you know, those beliefs soak into you and you start to think like, oh, well, me too. When you kind of go off on your own, the the possibilities become much broader and you start to believe anything's possible. And then you start to attract other people who also believe anything's possible. And now you have a whole new herd. So the benefits for me is you, you, you learn what you really want. You learn who you really are. And I think that for me, um, I just knew I was different. I knew like, Hey, you know, um, you could do everything that people are asking of you and expecting of you and like fit in. And, um, you could, you know, get your social validation and all the praise you want that way, but you probably won't be very happy and you probably won't be very fulfilled. So let's just go for it. And, and you won't be remembered. Yeah. And you won't be remembered. It's a great, great way to put it as well. Yeah. So (laughs) I think, you know, I think I've always had like, um, I do consider myself an outcast. I do consider myself a misfit, but I think I've always had the privilege of like people look at me and they, they, I still fit in Mm. and I'm still very much like a chameleon and I can adjust to different situations, different social events and be accepted. Um, But I go home and I lay my head at, at night and I really think like, Dude, I'm fucking crazy. There's no one like me. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. I resonate with that. I like that a lot. Um, I want to change gears a little bit here. Switch it up. Um, Influence. You've been able to build it. You have it. Your company, you built it. You have it. Thank you. What are like some key, key things that you did that put you in the position that you are now, or maybe put Margo in the position that it is now in terms of building influence and having that, Mm. having real influence. Mm. A lot of people fake it. A lot of people think it's just views. It's just the likes, which Mm -hmm. it's not. Mm -hmm. I think influence is inspiring, being able to inspire the people that follow you to take action. How many people actually message you a day saying you changed my life and that video is now causing me to go in a different direction, whatever. Yeah. You know, I, I think a big part of growing influence is to just be honest about what you've learned. I find that a lot of my um, content that does really well or gets a really positive response from people messaging me um, are literally just stories about like, hey, if I'd have known this two years ago, I wouldn't have made this mistake. So like, here's all the information for you guys here. I'm just offloading like what I've learned. I think that's a great way to build influence, but you also have to be very, very confident. Um, I especially think, you know, women tend to struggle with this. It's like, if you're not saying what you're 
Like, like literally you can say anything and you say it with confidence. Like people will believe it. I'm not saying that's the right thing to do. Like you should definitely have meaning and, and context behind your posts, but I do think just being confident and, and that's, um, you know, my partner, Shane, like he's a sales guy from Margle. He's, you know, how we've, uh, landed so many of these big accounts at Margle is because he's just so confident in Margle's abilities. He walks in and he, he has influence because he's just, um, very assertive and even like aggressive in his approach of like, Hey, you need this. If you don't, if you don't do like, uh, if you, if you don't, get our services and let us help you. Like this is what your competition is going to do. And they're going to outrun you and almost like in a healthy way, instilling fear into people like, Hey, you got to get it together. Um, so yeah, I would say the biggest things for influence are just like sharing openly, honest lessons you've learned and being confident. I like that. Especially the confidence piece. Yeah. In terms of like virality, like going viral, like what are some things that, one, like people should be doing to go viral, what yeah. goes into a viral post, but also like how can people prepare to go viral? So they're not just going viral for virality's sake. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different ways to answer that question. I I will say there's a lot of that in, in my course I have coming out, but I will say like a lot of it comes down to editing. Like people don't realize how much post-production is, is everything on social media. You can film an hour long, beautiful cinematic, whatever around Milwaukee or events. But like when it comes to like chopping that up and creating like micro pieces of content for social media, like that's where the knowledge is. And that's what, that's the key. Like certain companies have someone who understands this. They have a Luke or a Shea who's like, Oh yeah, this is what, this is your content strategy, but it's not, being taught in schools or colleges or anything. So it's like companies either have it or they don't. You see all the time on LinkedIn, on different platforms, people releasing things that look like a television commercial. And you're kind of like, dude, like that's not, no. So getting people's attention right away is so important. Those first three to five seconds, like you need a headline, you need something catchy. Don't be deceiving. I'm not talking about like clickbait. I'm just saying like, give it away. Like, give it away. What are you talking about? Let the user decide for themselves within the first five seconds, if this is something that they want to invest the few minutes into. So, you know, all of these people on, especially on LinkedIn. Oh my Dude, God. Especially on LinkedIn. I'm John hey guys. Smith. I'm, I'm John Smith. And I I'm work here for X. At the fa- it's like, Oh, the amount of videos of people introducing themselves. I'm like, no. it's crazy. Yeah. It's like giving a TEDx talk and coming out like, Hey guys, I'm Keo to be talking about. No, it, is. it it's is terrible. It it's is. Stupid. See, I love that you laugh at that because I see it all the time. I'm like, no, don't. But you know, the other thing I would just say is like, if you're trying to go viral, if you're trying to like be involved in a piece of content, that's just like a total viral video material. It's going to take off. Um, just copy other viral videos. (laughs) Like I know it sounds vain, but it's like, literally like if you see a video on the web, it's got a hundred million views. Maybe it's like of a guy dressed in a clown suit running down the street, like whatever, like the skit type video is or whatever, just replicate it. Just learn from it. Like, okay. Obviously people on the internet want to see funny clowns running down the street and, you know, ding dong ditching people, whatever the case may be. Like just go figure out a way to make that story fit for your brand and like reverse engineer it and then be like, okay, we're going to make this video and we're going to go viral. But the other half of that is distribution, which is like, you need a bunch of endpoints to give that video to so that it's able to reach a bunch of people. Cause if you yourself only have, you know, couple thousand followers and you have this bomb ass video, it might do good for your page, but it's not necessarily going to go viral without the help of some mammoths out there, which these mammoths out there, these huge blogs are always looking for content. Some of them will even post your video for free if you just play it the right way. Yeah. So it's a win-win. You're beast, dude. 
Thank you. Do you say the same rules, the same, um, everything you just mentioned, does that apply to a personal brand as well? Yeah. So, and, and that's a, something I'm like going through learning right now is it is different with a personal brand. Um, I like to mix in like other people's content in with my webcam videos. Um, but it is different. You know, I, I know I'm growing my own personal brand right now, but ironically, I feel like I'm a lot better at just growing a brand. Yeah. Just say, you know, the random company name with that, like releases content. Like, I think that's easier because people trust brands, you know, like when it's a face, there's a lot more ego attached to it. There's a lot more like, do I like her? Do I want to support her? Do I want to follow her? But if I had a page that was just called like your daily sunshine, there was no face to the brand. It was just your daily sunshine. I just released other curated content throughout the web, feel good stories. Like people are more like, there's not as much pressure. Like you don't feel like, Oh, I'm supporting her. You just feel like, Oh, the sunshine page. Like I love the, yeah, I like them. So it's actually easier to not grow a personal brand, but I'm up for the challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think it'll stay that way? Are we going to see a shift? Um, I, you know, that's like a really good question. Cause I think about that now that like influencers are like the new celebrity. They're almost like the new reality stars. That's like mm-hmm. what I call it. They're like reality TV stars. So I, I think we will see a shift. I, I don't know in which direction it'll turn, but like influencers aren't going away. They're just becoming more and more common. Um, yeah, that's, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. No, that's fascinating. I'm excited to like see how everything plays out. Um, something that I've been going through like personally, not so much now, but like maybe if I like rewind like a few weeks, like just existential crisis and I couldn't figure out why, but I, I finally, yeah, I, I saw your post time. about that all the time, dude, oh, okay, literally okay, every okay. week. <laughs> um, but I think at least I know it was the fact that I didn't niche down and that I was just motivational and I mm. do not want to fucking be motivational mm. or just motivational, right? Mm-hmm. Like I want there always to be that action piece. Okay. This is what I can go do. Um, and for me, yeah, I'm known for my hat. Yeah, I'm known for the bulk and salute, black heart, whatever. Um, but for me, I think what I really needed to narrow down was, okay, storytelling. Okay, maybe LinkedIn's in there, even if I don't want it to be. Mm-hmm. And then technology. And those are my three things. Yeah. How important is niching down? How important is it to have that one thing? Margo, yeah. viral videos. Yeah. Shay, I'm going to be controversial. Right, I'm the one that right, just fucking right, says whatever's right. a fuck on my mind. <laughs> How important is that niche? Quentin just walked through my thought process, everyone, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> um, okay, so like this is where I'll, I feel as though I'm pretty non-traditional when I answer this question because mm. I have spent the past three years working with brands who are very, um, well, some of them, some of them not so much, but I've been working with brands who are very high maintenance and strict about their branding guidelines. If it's not X, Y, Z, it doesn't go on the page. If it's not promoting exactly this doesn't go on the page. I really challenge brands to go outside of that because there's this huge thing going on now on the internet where there's this thing called affinity. So your affinity score is like people who are likely to engage Mm. with Q are also likely to engage with esports. So like esport content, maybe just as like filler content on your page would actually do fairly well. And people don't think outside the box like that. Um, And for me personally, you know, I try, I do try to make an effort to like stay consistent in like, okay, like every week I want like one video that's like somewhat business related or just like a tip for productivity or something. But then I want another video that's just like some real shit because people are like always expecting me to drop Mm. the truth bombs. I try to like keep up with that. And they just come naturally to me because 
Because you're real shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then, um, you know, just like other funny, funny videos, or if I see like an influencer do a video and it does really well, I'm like, what are they talking about? What topic is this? Why is it doing well? Maybe I should cover this in my own light as well. Um, so I would say that largely, and I was like this in music too. Like everyone always told me like, you got to pick a genre. You got to pick a, like, who, who are you targeting? I was pretty loose and that's not always good, but I do think I've found that it's somewhat of a farce, the amount of people saying like, you have got mm-hmm. to 100% be niche and on brand and focused. I I really don't restrict myself too much. I really, as much as I can post whatever I feel like, whenever I feel like with my audience in mind is like, okay, what do they like? What are they expecting? But it's working out for me, I think. <laughs> no, it's so, so fascinating. Yeah. I think that's always what I've like believed as well. And uh, until my existential crisis, but also like I was in a different spot then than mm-hmm. I am now. Like now I've got this company and now I've got this team. And mm-hmm. for me, like I don't, it's not that I need to niche down. It's mm-hmm. not that I need any of those things. I just know specifically like it'll be easier for me to, okay, okay, now I want to apply this to esports. Now I want to apply this to let's go to fucking Mars. If I niche, niche down now, I don't think it's like yeah. absolutely necessary. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is dependent on like what phase you are in your life right. and things like that. But that's, that's a fascinating answer. Well, And especially when it's your personal brand, yeah. like how niche do you want to get? Cause that's your life. Yeah. Like that's yep. you. Like, I don't want to be known for just yeah. pushing forks. Like any, <laughs> anything could happen to you in your life. And if you've kind of wrapped like your life, your identity, maybe even like your income around this personal brand. And then you like wake up one day, like this is not me at all Mm -hmm. anymore. Check yourself. I mean, it's that, that scares me. I I don't want to be like that. And I will say like, I feel like it's a blessing. I didn't take off in music early on. Like I wanted to, or I didn't become super successful because I feel like I would have fallen in that trap. And I feel like I'd be some like lost 26 year old right now, like stuck with a label upholding an image that I'm not even anymore. And it's like, yeah. So I, I, you know, I see it as a blessing. Maybe that's just what I tell no, myself I like to that. feel better, but no, you know. <laughs> I, do. I like that. Cause no matter what yeah. you do, like you always take your community cause they care about you at the end of the day. It's yeah. not, it's not the niche. I it's think, not I the, think you're right. I think they do care about you at the end of the day. Like I, maybe, that's how it should be. At least. Yeah. No, but I, it's, it's an interesting conversation. Cause like you were saying, or like I was saying, like with the brands, like you do want to, st- if you're like a feel good page, you want to post feel good content. You're not going to promote a Halloween movie. You know, it's just, that doesn't make any sense. But I do think there's a more leeway when it's a personal brand because you can have moments like I'm feeling this way today. And this is just, you know what I'm going to talk about. Um, yeah. I love that. Um, what would you go back and tell 20 to 23 year old Shay? About business, about, yeah, let's stick with business. Maybe building influence. Don't give away your power. Don't give away your power, even though you may be presented with tempting situations where it seems like this person or this company or this road is like my road to success and I'm going to like cling to it with everything I have. The the second you put your chips in someone else's basket, you disempower yourself. And I think I did a lot of that early on. Um, you know, I think I didn't speak up. I didn't share my opinions as much. And then I like slowly started to see how if, hey, if I would have said that in this meeting, I could have prevented this. If I would have stood up and been more assertive in this case, I would have prevented this. But I did lack confidence and I did lack, you know, I just tend to believe like, Oh, the people around me are smarter than me. They make better decisions than me. They're older than me. So like, maybe I should just like take a back seat. But then you learn like when the mistakes happen, you're like, I could have prevented that. Um, 
yeah, I, I've learned to trust myself a lot more and to not give away my power. And even in the situations where it's tempting, it's like more money, more opportunity, more whatever, it's less freedom. Like I'd rather like maintain my freedom and do it myself than it's give beautiful. away the power. Thank you. Thanks, Quinn. Say Quinton? Yeah. You, I don't think you've ever called me that. <laughs> um, I, lastly, I like Quinton. Thanks, dude. Nice. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> what about Quinn? Has anyone ever called you? Dude, that? all the time and I hate it. Yeah. Hate That's it. like a very specific name. I feel, I don't even like, I don't even relate the two. Like Quinn is one name and like exactly. Quinn is another name. Exactly. They're not the same name. <laughs> lastly, yeah. where can people find you? What should they keep an eye out for? What should they be excited about? Yeah, thanks. So um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Shay Robottom. There'll be a little sun emoji that pops up. Um, pretty much everywhere on social media, I'm Shay Robottom, like Instagram, Shay Robottom, Twitter, Facebook. Um, and I have a group on Facebook now that you can join. Um, it's just another community, another place to talk about similar topics that I post on LinkedIn. Um, I have that course coming out, which will be really fun. I uh, we'll be starting another company in the near future here, but I do plan to take a somewhat of a break once I leave Margle. So yeah, you'll definitely be seeing more content from me, more videos on LinkedIn um, as I just try and grow my own brand. And who knows, maybe a rap video one of these days, maybe, Please. right? Everyone's <laughs> asking for it. No, I I think 2019 is the year I, I do get back in the studio. Back in the lab, the stew. <laughs> it, it, it's coming. It's coming. I'm excited for it. Thank you. Well, I appreciate Thank you. you, Shay. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, Q. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys so much again for tuning into this week's episode. Shay is incredible. Definitely go check out her company's work and connect with her on LinkedIn because she is doing some incredible things. And if you want to see what she's up to in the future, definitely go connect with her there. And again, if you love what you hear, please, it would mean the world to us if you can go leave a review for us on iTunes. That would be amazing. And if you want to see any of our other work, just peep around me. I think it's going to be around there. Otherwise, just check the, the comments below um, and it will be down there.